Actor Max Greenfield, now on the CBS comedy The Neighborhood, gets a bit excited when you mention his favorite TV series of all time, HBO's The Leftovers. I uh, love that show more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give myself away. And I did an entertainment, you know, they, they like, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but like, they do this entertainment weekly thing where they go we'll pick an actor and a writer and a producer to like make picks uh-huh. um oh, yeah. for for emmys yeah and they asked me to do it this past year oh you're one of the secret uh, I, was, I was the secret person and for sh- <laughs> and for sh- and for show i said am i not allowed to vote for the leftovers <laughs> <laughs> is that a real thing? I guess I'll vote for Handmaiden's still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I for, the fact that it didn't get nominated for any Emmy is makes me feel like the Emmys are bullshit. Um, right. Just on that alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One it's, Emmy. One Emmy. It got, yeah. 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 Got nominated. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. Um, I watched season one. I thought it was extraordinarily dark. I thought, why am I sticking with this? I don't know why. Every week I'd be like, oh, God, this is a rough way to go to bed. Um, <laughs> and But I kept coming back. And then the season ended. And the, the season one finale was like, oh, geez, I, this is what I stuck around for. And I put it to bed. However much time passes. We get to season two. I go, all right. I still kind of love this thing. Mm-hmm. Let's get in and let's see what let's see let's see what we do now that sort of the information from the book is over. And boy, oh boy, did somebody recalibrate! <laughs> and this thing took off. And I, I told Ben, I said, I'm going to give. Uh, and what was good, here's what's great about the finale. Uh, I told Ben I was going to give him a great quote, and this is how Mike Schur is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And Mike described it better than anybody I had ever seen. He goes, it was like, because we would discuss it every week. We would, <laughs> he goes, it was like watching, a, there were 10 episodes. He's like, it was like watching a juggler juggle, <laughs> juggle nine balls, and for the very last one, catch all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was just like, it was so perfectly done in the way they did each episode focused on a different character and then you had that fine that the finale that where you're like okay well where are we going to go with this and it just mo- look i have two kids most tv shows put me to bed it does and they're good ones too yeah. it's just naturally i get into bed i turn it on i go excited to watch this and then i fall asleep this one puts me on the like put, I'm like I have the TV up to my face holding it and I'm, and my wife will be like can you please get out of the way I'm like I cannot <laughs> I'm Michael Schneider and on this edition of the podcast we talk to the neighborhood stars Max Greenfield and Beth Bears about their new sitcom and why they enjoy the multi-camera sitcom format they talk about their previous experience working together on the film Hello My Name Is Doris and their favorite episode of TV of all time. While Greenfield chose the season two finale of The Leftovers, Bears went back to a famous 1969 Carol Burnett show sketch starring Tim Conway as a rookie dentist and Harvey Corman as his unwitting patient. It's my favorite episode. My favorite episode's about to start. Cause you're my favorite episode. My favorite episode. Coming real, it's the next episode. 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 
On CBS's The Neighborhood, Max Greenfield and Beth Bears play the Johnsons, a couple who move with their kid from Michigan to Los Angeles and settle in a predominantly African-American neighborhood. Their neighbor, Calvin Butler, played by Cedric the Entertainer, is leery of these newcomers, but his wife, played by Tashina Arnold, is much more welcoming. It's a story inspired partly by the experience of creator Jim Reynolds, who executive produces the show along with Cedric the Entertainer and others. It was a quick return to the world of multi-camera comedy for Bears, who had just spent six seasons on Two Broke Girls, while Greenfield, best known as Schmidt on seven seasons of New Girl, was ready to try something different. Later in this edition of My Favorite Episode, we'll talk more about that, but first, we dig in on Bears' favorite episode of TV ever, a sketch from The Carol Burnett Show. And then Greenfield, along with IndieWire TV critic Ben Travers, dissects what made The Leftovers, especially its season two finale, a perfect show. All right, so the homework time. Um, so I asked both of you to come up with your favorite episode of TV of all time, and you both came back with some amazing choices. These are, these are great choices. So pat yourselves on the back. So, um, well, Beth, let's start with yours because you went classic. You I you did. went full on classic, uh, but you can't be mad at Carol Burnett. I mean, no. that is a classic. And the Carol Burnett show just yeah. defined my childhood. I used to watch it with my grandma yeah. on DVD, and uh, she loved Carol Burnett. And I just recently did the anniversary special on CBS with her and oh, some yeah. of the cast. And I forgot about Tim Conway and the dentist sketch, which uh-huh. anyone out there, if you haven't YouTubed this sketch, I truly think, I mean, I actually wet myself laughing <laughs> on the Carol Burnett special. Like, I was laughing so hard when we were watching it back. And, and it's just, I mean, as far as talk about live comedy in front of an audience, yeah, yeah, you can't get better than that ensemble of the Carol Burnett show. When when Harvey Corman breaks. When he, he really did wet himself. Did you know that that's That's the, that's the story, yeah. Because Tim Conway was so funny. Basically, the sketch is Tim Conway plays a dentist, a very green dentist who accidentally gives himself Novocaine. I'm, I'm like acting it out for you, but it's a <laughs> Podcast. Exactly. But basically, it's, imagine it at home. Yeah, imagine yeah. It at home. And and he, and Harvey Corman has a toothache and is desperate to get his tooth out, but he can't quite get the tools and he he falls down. And it's just some of the best, I think, uh, just physical comedy I've ever yeah. seen on television. <laughs> um, okay, Novocaine. Here we are, Novocaine. Take a firm hold of the hypodermic needle. Right. <laughs> And Carol, you know, is a genius, yeah. and I've so looked up to her my whole life. I was going to say, how did she inspire you to, to become a, a, a comedic actress? I mean, when YouTube first came out, they put the Carol Burnett and Julie Andrews, this is so nerdy, but the Carol uh, Burnett Julie Andrews Carnegie Hall specials on YouTube, and I watched those hundreds of yeah. times. I mean, I, I love musical comedy, too, so Carol did obviously a lot of that as well. Um, and she's also a class act. I've read all her books. Um, and I just, I felt like that show was the best sort of variety uh, sketch physical comedy that, that we've ever had. Yeah, I mean. and, and when you go back and you watch that sketch, it still feels so contemporary. And, and you know, the, the format itself, like the, people have tried to recreate the variety and it just hasn't, it hasn't worked. worked. But yet those that sketch, that's, you know, that's like a good, you know, better than any, you know, average SNL sketch. And that was why when we did that special, I couldn't believe, I was like, wow, this comedy, everybody was laughing of every generation you know it, it you're right it held up in a way that i was like this when you said what is your favorite tv episode of all time i was like you know this spans time <laughs> this this comedy translates to you know a millennial now and to everybody who watched it back when it was actually live on television yeah. so 
Now, did you get a chance to, to tell Carol some of this stuff? And, yes. And I've been lucky enough to meet her a few times. I got to sing for a tribute to her at a benefit a few years back and then doing this. So I've actually gotten to meet her a couple times. Yeah. And she's just the warmest. I got an email from her <laughs> calling me, like, adorable and writing oh, me this lovely wow. email. And, um, yeah, it was truly a, a night to remember. Yeah, yeah. She's one of the best. And now you're stalking her. And now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys. <laughs> so well that's that's very cool and and um so so uh you're watching these on 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 dvd on on video yeah or with day. my grandma maybe yeah. it was even on vhs, on VHS. but yeah. um but yeah that was her favorite comedian and um and couldn't couldn't have asked for a better comedy education yeah. watching that so no absolutely yeah and max you picked a another uh, a, a more recent classic <laughs> Um, yes. So <laughs> tell us who's joining us. Let's talk leftovers, and uh, we're joined by our TV critic here, Ben Travers, actually, who is ben, our. Anytime you want to jump in, uh, you can. Ben's here for you, but not for me. Well, Ben is our our uh, our leftovers. Uh, I just deleted. Ben, what are you wearing on your head? Uh, I'm wearing a, a Wu Tang hat that was a a gift for uh, the leftovers final season, uh, related to a certain tattoo that I think. You might know if you think oh, about yeah. Max. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, they had they had me at L- uh, Mark Lynn Baker, right? Sure. Co- Cousin Larry, just that that that's like the the whole just absurdity of, of that storyline. Um, but that was more season three, I suppose. Well, what they did was in season two was they first they give you this this whole first season of complete bleak. And and just not with without yeah. void of hope. Although like the the iconic like the the guilty remnant and uh, that that whole iconic thing was really fascinating to me. That sort of drew me in the entire season was this this, this yes this, this yeah. Cult but again, and, you're with these characters, and at the end, you're like, where are ev- I guess everyone will die, and it just was <laughs> so dark. And you're I, just, why am I watching this? Yeah, and. Season two, season two starts off so beautifully where they move to Miracle, and this is like the last place of hope. Yeah. And you go, okay. And then that starts to fall apart. And where you end, and I'm, I mean, this was the best thing I've ever seen on television, is him walking through Miracle, and it's complete chaos. Yeah. And it came at a time in the, in like, in the world where you felt like, is this where we're heading? And spoiler alert, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah for, for, for real. But you had that anxiety as a human being, and you're, he's walking through that, and you're like, oh my God, are they going to end it like this? Not again. And then he walks into his home, and everyone from his family is yeah, there. Yeah. And you realize, oh, this is what's important. And he gives you the most hopeful ending. Yeah that you could have ever have imagined. And all these people that were at odds with one another, everybody had their own shit with each other in that. And they're all there, and they all were so, I don't, it was like, I don't want to say they were happy to see him, they were relieved to see him, and it felt as though, oh, we can take a deep breath now because this living room is complete. And each town looks the same to me, the movies and the factories. And every stranger's face I see reminds me that I long to be homeward bound. I wish I was homeward bound. Home where my thoughts escaping home where my music's playing home 
where my love lies waiting silently for me. Yeah, he's, he even walks home with, uh, you know, his next-door neighbor, John, who had just killed him. Yes. <laughs> and, and at the end, it's like, you know, and, and John's like, I don't know if, you know, who, who's going to be home. And, and basically, uh, he says, well, if, if you need to come over, come on over. Yeah, <laughs> it's, totally. It's, and that, But it's like, it's like these intense differences that people have and these resentments that we hold for one another. And it's like, how do we have to... How, do we have to kill ourselves in order to get rid of them? And like, I'm not sure that anybody really dies in those episodes and I'm not sure he really dies in those episodes. I think it all exists on the same plane. It just, that's the journey he needed to go through for him to accept the fact that he was loved and he has love to give. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, at the time they hadn't picked up a season three. So no, I know I was, I, I look this, the, the next six were bonus episodes. I couldn't give a living shit where those went. <laughs> I was like, these are freebies. You, you, you do what you will. You felt like it had Go nuts. And it felt thing. like they did. Yeah. Um, and I watched every second of it and it was the best, but the season two finale was the end for me. And it was this is really making me want to go back. Yes, working. The plan is coming. Yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you a Lost fan? Were you a big... Uh... I was a Lost fan, but not as intensely as I was with The Leftovers. Yeah. The Leftovers hit a different tone. Have you had a chance to talk to Damon Lindelof about any of this? No. You know, I asked my agent, I go, can you send me Damon Lindelof's uh, email address? Because I would really like to just email him and tell him what an incredible series <laughs> and how much this meant to me. And then... He was like, yeah, man. And he sent me the email, and then it looked at it, and I got way overwhelmed and too scared, and I yeah. couldn't do it. Because <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Sure and their buddies. And, I know and, they and are. I know. I'm like, so I would go to Sure's house, and I'd be like, hey, can you ask uh, Damon? <laughs> can you talk to Damon, and can you ask him in uh, episode three when this happened? Uh, what did that mean? <laughs> um, but it was – it really freaked me out. Like, the yeah. whole the whole – that whole season just was perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect, perfect. Yeah. No, it was well-crafted. I mean, talk about some of the uh, Regina King. Oh, I mean, everything. Everything. And I think, like, I'm always, I always seem to be attracted to things that I, like, know that I can't do. So I just, <laughs> so I just, I mean, like, on, you watch any sort of network or, or cable, um, comedy series and you go I see how we're, I see what's like happening here I see what they're doing you see how they're making this um, and it doesn't make you appreciate it any less it's just like oh I see, like, I see what you're doing um, this was something that I watched and go don't know how this is happening <laughs> and I'm just gonna watch it as a viewer yeah. and it was it just washed over me like ugh a confusing, beautiful blanket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who did you did you did you like have anybody to talk to about it when it was over? Like, did you have people like around so you could like ask them questions and talk over like all the stuff that happened? Because I, I felt like that was one of the most exciting things about the leftovers was when an episode ended, it gave you so much <laughs> like t I mean things to guess what would happen next, but also just to dwell on. Did you have people like to talk to? Sure, about okay, I would good. go to Shur's house. There you go. <laughs> and it was like the best person because he's so smart and so TV knowledgeable that I'd be like, this. Uh, Mike, uh, you I know you were able to dissect what happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, but that, but you know what was nice about the, the, but why, why I picked the finale is that you had all these moments that you were trying to dissect and you're trying to figure out and you were trying to make sense of, and 
then you got to the finale and you got to that moment where he walks in the house and his whole family is and nothing had to be figured out. Yeah. It was the most obvious, plain, simple moment of television after the most complicated, <laughs> insane roller coaster ride that you had ever been on. And the simplicity of it yeah. is what made it so beautiful. And you went, thank you. Now I will go to bed. <laughs> Damon. And, and, Thanks, man. Yeah, and, and again, like, and I felt actually sort of like relieved for Damon because he was still fighting all these post-loss uh, demons where, you know, he was so criticized for the finale. Well, he took it more personally than Carlton Cuse did. I mean, they were both criticized for it, but Damon took it really personally. Well, what's, and, yeah. And, and so, so to see him, like, you know, really get all this acclaim for especially season two of The Leftovers, it's almost like those demons had been excised. Well, what's so great about podcasts that we're on right now and podcasts in general is that, you know, Damon uh, did like 17 podcasts leading up to and afterward, after that had aired. And um, I listened to all of them. because yeah. <laughs> And it was like getting to listen to, and I guess that answers your question too, Ben. It's yeah. like now that these exist and you're like, oh, you can go straight to the source and listen to them talk about it. And he talked about how disappointing like the loss, uh, the reaction to the loss finale was. And um, part of what I wanted to email him about was like, hey man, don't you, don't you fucking listen to those people. <laughs> <laughs> you are a special, special person. And what you've done with this show meant so much to me as a human being and like, oh. <laughs> Now you're just reading my episode reviews verbatim. <laughs> but it was. It really was. It was like I, I've never felt more at peace at the end of a, after having invested so much in a season and a series ever. Now, when you watch something like that, do you say, damn, I wish I was on that? Like, No, uh, I would have yeah. ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have ruined I would have fucked that one up. <laughs> You know, again. Well, I heard Justin Thoreau talking about it once, and he would not that I would play that role, but he would he was like really talking about how so much of what they had to do in that was specific to the scripts, and like to the note. Yeah. And I know it was like that on Mad Men too, mm-hmm. um, and I think the pressure of that would have been in a show that. I mean, I guess when you're in it, you don't know. But like, I think I would have, I, I would have crumbled. Yeah, <laughs> I would have crumbled early. Also, it would have been like we have to, we have to kill him off. <laughs> it's not in the book, but he dies. He for sure dies. Exactly, exactly. You'd have to show your ass off too. Yeah, so for sure. I don't know if you were. Yeah, it wouldn't have the same effect. No, no, uh, yeah. not, not not the throw uh, ass. <laughs> um. So oh, so so uh, and and what's interesting too is uh, season uh, season two ended with all these cliffhangers with okay what happens to Evie what happens to the guilty remnant and then spoiler alert they come back and they just annihilate everyone and basically well, season, start over. I see. I, I don't feel like season two had uh, spoilers at all. I felt like it was wrapped up. You felt like it was wrapped up. Oh, yeah. for yeah. sure. I said I I remember it ending and being like and for a show that I loved. And was like, I'm, You're I, good. I'm good. Yeah. 
Well, I remember the way they talked about it was similar to that was when they decided to do season three was partially because they felt like they'd kind of climbed the mountain, like they'd reached the peak of the mountain and they were getting ready to go down and just kind of finish it off. So they wanted to have some moments for Nora and they wanted to have some stuff that could kind of continue the story, but they didn't feel as much pressure to really nail it because they did because they'd gotten two so well. But Yeah, totally. I mean, it was because Nora was a piece of a larger puzzle at the finale of the finale of season two. And she was inclusive of the love he felt within his family. Um, That's Carrie Coon, right? Yeah. yeah. Who's, who, how she doesn't win a fucking yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's Carrie Coon in some They had to start listening to those uh, anonymous yeah. EW Yeah, boys, I know. That's right? for real. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then season three ends where it's just the two of them. So it felt like we had gone deeper with it like I don't know I I, I, resp- I responded to the familial aspect of it I think probably being a parent and having kids um, and having it be all of them and then also these neighbors and strangers that, that, that they had met in Miracle um, to me I thought was, a, was, was so powerful and I guess that's what, I guess that's the only it was the right place to go which is just dial in on these two and their love for one another be like, I guess in all this, it's just the two of us. Yeah. When we come back, more from Max Greenfield and Beth Bears on their new CBS series, The Neighborhood. From PMC, it's my favorite episode. We're back. It's my favorite episode, and I'm Michael Schneider. Neither Max Greenfield nor Beth Bears were originally cast in CBS's The Neighborhood, which stars Cedric the Entertainer and Tashina Arnold as a couple in a predominantly African-American community adjusting to life as their neighborhood starts to change and gentrify. Greenfield and Bears relish the idea of working together on a larger ensemble and both admit that they love the multi-cam sitcom world. I think that was part of the reason why we were so excited to do the show together is that, you know, I just think, I mean, at least from my point of view, we were both coming off of TV shows and successful ones at that. And to to sort of come together and try to create a real ensemble, you know, knowing Cedric and Tashina were already involved, was sort of the plan. Yeah. And the hope that that's what, you know, propelled us to... uh, like a, a, a good chemistry. Well, I, I remember at the TV Critics uh, press tour, I think it was Cedric who likened you guys to the, the Golden State Warriors. That like, was so nice. <laughs> this is, you guys are like the dream team now. So I mean, honestly, Max was a huge draw for me, like coming back to Multicam. And, and uh, as soon as I, I talked to him and actually watched the pilot and saw Cedric and Tashina and what the beautiful ensemble that had already been built, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a no-brainer. Yeah. It was yeah. like, there was not an inkling of, no. <laughs> it was like, I have to do this. Well, you guys had worked together before, yeah. right? You're... And Hello, My Name is Doris, we'd worked together. And we only got, though, like a week or two on sex. It was a small movie. A beautiful yeah. cast was Sally Field and Michael Schalter, but we um, had become friends then over the years. So yeah. it was. Ex- it's nice to actually be actually able to do comedy like every day, all day together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. And, and especially, oh, <laughs> you're just going to have to wave, wave your hands every <laughs> once in a while. Um, well, it, it, and uh, for, for, for you, Max, uh, you had done like a multi-camera sitcom uh, about 10 years earlier, right? But you haven't done, done many one, of those. Very, I've done one. I had done one a long, long time ago, and then had done a few episodes of Hot in Cleveland. Um, some of those guys had been had been good friends of mine, 
and went and did that show. It was so much fun. Um, and then had done an episode of Will and Grace the year before mm-hmm. on the, the new season. Uh, but had always known from New Girl that that's where I really wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. How so? How come? I just love that type of television. Yeah. Um, like sort of the, the theatricality of being in front of an audience and, and the beats are different. Or is there anything in particular that you kind of dig well, about trying Well, I, I found it... I, New, the, the schedule of New Girl was very intense, specifically in the beginning. Yeah. The first three seasons, the schedule was a lot. And to maintain the energy that you felt like you needed to perform comedically was very difficult. Um, and there were days where I would come in and it would still lead to a different kind of funny, but maybe unintentional where you were like, what are we doing today? Because <laughs> <laughs> he rapped at, you know, 11 o'clock the night before. Yeah. And you're there and you're like, I guess this is what's happening. And then it opened itself up to improv and all sorts of other things. And then you're like, okay, I guess we're just finding a lot of this as we move on, as opposed to on a multicam where it's somewhat set to some degree and you're rehearsing and really like focusing in on certain beats. Um, and where you lose some of those improvised moments, you gain in having really worked on something and perfected it throughout the full week. Yeah. And you're fresh and you're like, my eyes are open <laughs> like in a real way. Yeah. And and you get to go home at five o'clock some days of the week. Yeah, yes. totally. So. It's a nice it's nice to have a balance. You know, like you go home, uh, you're with your especially for people with family, like I have two yes, kids. Yes. Yeah. You go home, you're with your family, you, you you get to spend time with your kids. You show up to work the next day to perform uh, very light, fun material, and you're in a good mood because <laughs> you have having spent the full night with your uh, with your family. Yeah, and I know your kids are still relatively young, so yeah, you get to yeah. actually see them. And yeah, totally. They're, they're you not... speak to anybody who grew up in that way as a father or a parent, like Ray Romano or any of those other guys who who, who had the same experience, and they cherished those years on the multicam where they got to watch their yeah. kids grow up and be a be a parent. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Beth, you mentioned that you, you, you sort of, were you certain you wanted to jump back quickly into multicam or, or in TV no. in general? Or, or I definitely was, I love our jobs, so I was definitely wanting to jump back in if it was the right thing, but I just didn't, I thought I would change it up and do something different. Yeah. Um, and did do a single camera pilot, which I loved. I loved everyone involved with Lee Daniels and it didn't end up going, but um, now that I'm back doing a multi-cam, I, I am just head over heels in love with it because I come from the theater. So it's the closest you can get with the live audience to what it feels like to be on stage. And it, it feels like you're doing a play almost every night. And like Max says, you have that rehearsal time. There's also a family and a camaraderie that I think happens on a multi-cam set instantly because you're thrown in front of a live audience um, that I loved. And that happened on Two Broke as well. And, and it happened here instantly. And, um, you know, I grew up watching multicam. Yeah. I love multicam and, and uh, it's great. Yeah, it seems like there's nothing like the energy of tape night when it's, you're, yeah. like when when they announce you, when you come out and, and uh, you know, wave to the audience and then... The and it's a master class, I mean, in comedy because when you fail, you fail hard. You know, like when you we you go that. out there and you, and you land a joke <laughs> and it, it dies, like you learn, you know, and you adjust and yeah. you can really feel out, I feel like comedy and the music of comedy in a way in multicam that um, I don't know in single cam if you get that sort of instant uh, 
fail or, or succeed. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Burroughs uh, did the, the pilot, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so is he still directing or, or is... We think he might come back. Might come back? For the back yeah. night. He's it doing was, well in Grace. It was moment, so right? great to have him in the pilot, though. Did yeah. Shoot a pi- he did the pilot he, for Two Broke? He did, yeah, multiple yeah. episodes of Two Broke. And he can tell you how to hold, like, a pencil and get a laugh. I mean, that man, he, he doesn't even have to look at you. He can yeah. listen and, and know. And uh, also, like, listening to him, you know, I, I worked with him at Will and Grace, and that thing is such a moving ship yeah. that you're like okay this sort of is what it is and you you either jump on or you fall off and drown yeah um but to have him on a pilot and to listen and learn on what ha- on how he thinks a show should be not only just you know not only how the the episode should be directed but how it should be how it should function to set us up for hopefully you know a lot of episodes in the future was really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that speaking of masterclass, I mean, yeah. Jimmy Burroughs is, is a always a masterclass. Master and and yeah, I only go to tapings where he's directing because I know we'll actually be able to go home You'll by like ten by o'clock. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. not even like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we've maintained that kind yeah. of schedule. Um, yeah, we have great writing and not a lot changes, and we rehearse all week. And yeah, yeah. and it's like a, it's it's just a really it's a very it's a very professional group. So, so talk about what drew you to the story itself, because, um, because you know, especially these days, it's tough to talk about race relations. Uh, you know, it's in a comedic way, obviously, and it's it's you know, you're 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 again acting against two of the best in, in Cedric and Tashina, but nonetheless, this is a controversial topic to some degree, and and there are moments where you have to be the clueless, you know, new white neighbors and say things that are slightly inappropriate. Uh, did that give you pause at all? Like, do I want to go down this road, or is that a challenge that you're like, yeah, I want to go down this road? Hello. Uh, hi, I'm Marty Butler. My parents told me you just moved in, and... <laughs> I had to come and see for myself. Well, hi, I'm Dave Johnson. Come on hi. in. This is my wife, Gemma. Hi, Gemma. Hi. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. They weren't kidding when they said you guys were, were, were not from around here. <laughs> oh, no, we just moved here from a small town in Michigan. Right into this neighborhood. I love it. And why wouldn't you look at these built-ins? Oh, I know. Aren't they to die for? They might just be. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? No, it's just that there aren't a lot of other people like you around here. I'm sorry, are, are you saying it's going to be a problem that we live here? No, not at all. No, not for me. You know, I'm an engineer, so all the science says it's good for people to live in diverse communities. Oh. Well, good. I, we couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's too bad. My dad hates science. <laughs> Calvin? He just invited us to a barbecue. Oh, no. No, actually, my mom did. At least that's how it's being discussed very loudly at my house right now. <laughs> oh, well... Jen, if that's how he feels, we shouldn't go. Ooh, I, I'm afraid it's not that easy. You see, my mom invited you into her home. If you don't come, she will be offended. Won't she understand? Seriously? <laughs> what is it like where you come from? <laughs> Besides, you gotta come or you'll seem racist. Is that the original hardware on this door? I think, you know, some of my favorite multicam moments over the years in Cheers or, or you know, even something like Friends, there's... There's there's a sort of there was a groundedness to them that when I watched this pilot, um, I I loved that these were real people like full fledged people that I felt like really existed and and so I feel like if if we were gonna tackle 
the issues we're tackling in a multicam that this was the writing and the ensemble to do it in. Uh, so I had no hesitation as far as like the pedigree being able to deliver and us all sort of being able to drop in and get there. And comedy, I think, is best when you build tension and then release. And Jim Reynolds, our showrunner, and Cedric um, do an amazing job together of, of having the conversations and figuring out in the writer's room. And then we all get together and talk about it. It's a very um, collaborative set. Yeah. There's a lot of conversations that we all have on set, which is yeah. kind of awesome. Like, yeah. I didn't know what something meant that my character didn't know, and I had to ask Tashina, you know, like my character would. So, um, yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely that element to it. But to me, that was sort of... That was sort of the easy part, mm -hmm. is, is... Like, I, you knew how you were going to be when the Johnsons interacted with the Butlers. And to play that sort of, you know, I guess, to play unaware or um, to play those beats was not what I was nervous about. I was like, that's just what it is. And that's what's going to be the journey of, of this family. And, and, and that's going to be a lot, a lot of where the comedy comes from. What I thought was interesting about it, though, was the dynamic that we were going to have when we were away from the Johns, from the Butlers, and if those, if there was a balance there, because tra like a traditional family sitcom, where you just have, you know, a husband and wife, um, not unlike like I like not unlike Everyone Loves That's Raymond or these other shows where you know you've seen some of these guys come back to TV, whatever it is. But I don't necessarily know that that show works right now. Where and Jim Reynolds has talked about this a lot. He's like, I don't. I just didn't want to like have this show be another show about. Or he goes, he didn't. He when he when he thought about developing, he said, uh, I, I couldn't develop from the perspective of a middle-aged white guy. Um, and I think coming off a new girl for me, that was part of my problem was that. I, I didn't necessarily want to do a show and didn't think there was room f or didn't think we needed another show from the perspective of a middle-aged white guy. <laughs> um, right, right. There have been plenty of those through the years. <laughs> yeah, I, and we're like, good. We're, we're to good. To be totally, yeah. yeah, and to be totally honest, like, the only one that I've seen work in the last few years, the amount of spin you had to put on the ball was to make him, uh, like, to, is Barry and he, He's an assassin who's taking acting classes. Right. <laughs> Which is so good. And then you're like, all right. Right. I can't, I mean, unless we go that direction. But on network TV, where does that live? And what I think is really interesting about the show, and we were talking about this earlier, is that how much we love these scenes between the two of us where we are separated because it allows us to be, to participate in a show like that, but it adds a whole nother element when you see the full spectrum of, or the landscape of this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how many episodes have you guys taped now? Ten. Ten. So, so yeah. what's, uh, is there a rhythm by episode 10, or do you feel you're still sort of discovering the, the, the beats and, and your characters? The show or? was almost an instant sort of, like, like drop in as far as like I felt like it 
it all gelled really well. I mean, in Two Broke, we were shooting till three or four o'clock in the morning that first season. And like Max and I were saying, there's something that gelled really easy with this. But I think every episode has been a conversation. I mean, there's definitely been finding it and talking about the characters. Yeah, and we've seen how Jim has wanted to structure each episode, and that's been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think learning how that was going to work, we were like, oh, okay, so this is what this show is, and this is how this is going to work. Um, I think the cast sort of gelled immediately. I think it, the, any sort of chemistry that builds is really just about progressing the story and having, you know, the first two episodes, you have the Johnsons move in, and the only thing that they can really play is sort of like walking on eggshells and being like, I'm sorry, who is right. that? am I not supposed to do this? Or, But as we start to become more comfortable and start really living there, is when you get to see the Johnsons as a flawed family and you get to see them challenge some of the ideas of the butlers and you see these people who are now then stuck together. Yeah, it's it's about the relationships. Like yeah. an actual sort of premise can only take you so, so far. far. And you know, that's that's the great thing in, in having a show that has a premise so that you can sell it and it's also a show that's based on the creator's real life experience so you have that background but then ultimately it's going to be about these characters yeah. and, and how they relate. So, um so going back to you two real quick, because uh, we kind of like we, we moved too quickly past uh, you guys meeting on the set of the movie and you, you sort of became pals after that. Uh, you stayed yeah. in touch. Like, uh, we yeah, ran we, into each other on vacation in Mexico. And that's when I feel like we really I got to meet your, your daughter. You didn't have Ozzy yet. But no. Um, but yeah. And I mean, I'm obviously a huge fan of Max's and, and uh was like, oh, of course I want to play Max Greenfield's wife because uh, we get to do so much cat physical comedy. She's like, you're not nearly as douchey as Schmidt. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a pleasant surprise. And, uh, hello, my name is Doris. We had a really good chemistry, and it was so short that we didn't really get to explore where it yeah. could have gone, and now we do. And I was, I, I really wanted Beth to do the show just because multicam was something that was somewhat new to me, and being able to sort of just at least pick up on, at the very least pick up on just the, the level in which you perform at was really like, has been invaluable. Um, especially when we shoot it with no, audi- with no audience. No audience is hard, yeah. Like Beth just like, is like lives. It's years of knowing what that audience is like you or hear, what you're gonna you get. You hear it in your you head. You hear it, yeah. Because yeah. 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 I'll deliver a line sometime and be like, well, what do you think? And, and like, oh, and just bring it up, bring it up. Um, so it's nice to just it's it's been real. It's been really good. And with yeah. me, they're like Jim Carrey, calm down, calm <laughs> down. Bring it I down never get bigger. Yeah, with that you know. <laughs> and and uh, Max, did you find like you had to play a little larger in front of the audience, or or did that come naturally and and sort of. Sort of playing to the, the well, audience. it was a weird tone because you know, especially in these first couple episodes, uh, and the way that they sort of led with the show, it's me and Cedric, and especially in that first episode, you're really seeing the move through through uh, Dave's eyes. Um, so there was t- the, the only thing I was really concerned about was how to best play the tone for Dave because he had to sort of maintain a leading tone which is which which doesn't allow him to ever get too big mm-hmm. um, and I really and like I it depended on the episode that we're shooting you know if I'm 
put in that position where I've got to drive story and I'm and I start and, and I'm in the A story and I'm like finishing you, the episode to some degree. Like I know that I've got to fight against those instincts to go big with some of the comedy. And you know, thank God we're on a show where there's so many people who can carry that. You know, another thing about multi-cam sitcoms, this is pretty much the last form that still does 22, 24 episodes yeah, a season. Okay. Everyone else these days is doing multiple projects because they're doing like 10 episodes here, five episodes there. Um, was is, is that something that you, you think about in, in sort of, you know, there's that steady work versus wanting to do more or um, is, is it hard to juggle that when you know you're, you're on full-time a, a 24 episode season show or I guess we'll we'll know when we uh, when you get to it but I mean it was hard for me on broke you know with just the level of what we were doing to uh, I was exhausted you yeah. know at hiatus would come and you you know when it was a two-hander it's just two people right. talking the whole episode it was a lot so we Kat and I had a hard time going into hiatus projects or movies if you know because you're just really your body is like sort of done but yeah. this is um yeah this is this is it's an ensemble which is nice um and i i love having you know a job that you love to go to every day i think um to have 22 is great and i'm not tired yet are you we've done half almost yeah no, yeah we're I've, good no <laughs> you're, you're ready to do and we get done in march we have time to go do a movie yeah. or go do episodes yeah, of something the, else this so is just the a dream best job yeah <laughs> the, the best, best. Yeah. best job. Um, and I think, look, I, I think both of us had options after New Girl, after New Girl and, and, and so the girls, and two, the, girls. The, the girls shows. Yeah, girl yeah. Um, yeah. And well, I don't think either one of us would have said yes if we didn't feel like oh, this yeah. was our best option. Well, and you had the unique situation where you both came on after the pilot, the original yes. pilot. So you were able to sort of see also what the show was, what it might yeah. be, it's what really it could come into. It's really hard to develop and to go into something blindly where you're like, here we go. Yeah. I guess we're doing this show. And then they cast around you and then they build the sets and they do everything else. And the tone is sort of set. And then you're on there and you go, this mm -hmm. doesn't, I don't yeah. know about this. Um, well, I, you know, okay, well, I guess we can get around that. And then all of a sudden you go, this is not the show I signed up for. We were in the incredible circumstance of getting to see something, getting to uh, fill in a lot of the blanks and to know a lot of the unknowns. And you go, oh, well, if all we have to do is come in and, I mean, it was a daunting task to sort of balance out what Cedric and Tashina had created and Marcel and Xi'an. Um, but that was sort of the gamble. It's like, can we, can we elevate what's there and, and can we balance these families? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, what's great about uh, CBS now, Monday nights, is that, uh, you know, new girl fanatics. Uh, yeah. you know, they, 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 <laughs> double whammy. They get the double whammy. They get uh, Schmidt and Coach. Yeah, yep. look. So. I, Damon signed on and said yes, and he knew that, and I'd been, and I have been screaming about, about multicam forever. Yeah. I was very jealous. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't necessarily sure that I was ready to, like, jump into a show yet. But when he signed on, I went, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so there you, you're all in the family. Yeah. It's good. Well, so I've so asked you uh, your favorite episodes of all time. Now, what about your own personal episodes or moments that, that you filmed Ooh. that – you think about I know putting you on the spot here a little bit but is there something that you're in particular proud of or a moment where you just said nailed it 
<laughs> wow. Um, I like the. Ep- I mean, for neighborhood, there's an episode we have coming up with us. I don't. I mean. I was. We were really happy. With we were that. really yeah. we can, excited. Yeah. It, yeah, we really grow the. We haven't seen a lot of Gemma and Dave's relationship, and the whole episode. It really, we got to drop in and develop sort of who these two are as a couple, which we really loved. And then also, the comedy was. He does some physical stuff that is in an elevator that is beyond. Um, that was really great. I mean, Two Broke Girls had a few episodes where I was like, yeah. Like, I freak danced an Amish boy to death. Like, there's ones that, like, when people come up to me on the street that they say. But um, the one, that episode we just, that's going to air soon, the anniversary episode. Was yeah, it great. was good. I mean, on these on the multicam, it's interesting because, you know, you start, because you're with something all week and then you tape it, you, you know, you build an affinity towards the story you're telling up until the point where you're doing it. And uh, this was the first episode where you get to see Dave and Gemma together outside of the full ensemble of the cast. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about earlier was how strong the Butler family was. And it was important for us to make the Johnson family, when you see them uh, on their own, to be as strong and to be... and, 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 and it was important for when, you, for when the audience gets to see what their values are and who they are as a couple, that, that, that they believe in them. And, uh, and there were some, some things that we were sort of bumping up against early on, and it took a real conversation with Jim Reynolds, who runs the show, and God bless him, he is the fucking yeah. best, because he really has taken a difficult approach on this show, which is to... Uh, listen to input um, and he you know listened to us and we really like worked through it and I think at the end we came out with yeah. exactly what we all really wanted um, and I remember wh- I, I saw like that end oh, you scene editing. Yeah, I know I was so nervous it. about like this end scene that we shot and I was like I, can, I, can I watch it and I watched it and I had the same reaction as Jim had when he watched it which was Oh, I love this couple. I really, I yeah. really, I really just love them. Um, I can't really, like, I don't know how. To, it's not. It wasn't like a, it was. A, it, I wasn't able to articulate what it was. It was just like these are sweet people who are nice to each other, mm-hmm. um, and I really love them. And I think that to me was what cemented what the goal is for was for us in the beginning, which is complimenting what the Butlers yeah. had done. Um, and I felt like a real comfort after that. Like, oh, we yeah. can move forward with the show yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 great. And and uh, you know, we'll have to see what you do in the elevator. Apparently, yeah, but, yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> Max, is, yeah, it's really funny. Well, well, thanks, uh, Max and Beth. Uh, really appreciate you coming on by and and yeah. talking TV and, and all the Damon good stuff. Lindelof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope his ears are burning. <laughs> Damon, uh, Damon, if you want to send me a uh, Wu-Tang hat, um, I'd be happy to. Uh, I'm too scared to email you, but uh, I will. Uh, you know, you can. You can. You can I, I, I'm on social media and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's not afraid. Yeah, of that. that's that's. He's not terrified. Yeah, of yeah. Media. Well, you you know, we, there's ways. Yeah. Right. Not not shameless at all. So. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for stopping by, and Thank good luck.
And that's it for this edition of Turn It On. Join us again next week, and be sure to subscribe to Turn It On on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere you download podcasts. Also, head on over to IndieWire.com for your daily fix of TV news, analysis, and reviews. And while there, sign up for our daily TV newsletter. I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll turn it on again next time.